0: Hello, students, and welcome to Class of X, the free internet course on how to read and enjoy the X Men comics better. I'm your teacher and host, John Reisinger, and today I'm joined by, once again, no one else. It's just me here today, and I'm going to be talking about the ongoing series of X book titles that were released following House of X and Powers of Ten, and that were titled. Dawn of X. and This is part two of that discussion. We talked about this in episode 10. Um, I went through X-Men and Marauders and Excalibur and New Mutants, and I want to pick up from there. The reason I do the show is to give myself an excuse, obviously, to talk about my favorite comic characters into a microphone. But alongside that, a huge motivation for the show is evangelical in nature um, i've challenged myself as a resident expert and lover of the x-men to reach to answer the question of can anyone get into x-men and when and how and i I do think that these wrap-up episodes, where we've already talked about the big event in a previous episode, uh, these episodes are great because they direct any of you listening to the show to where you can go to next in your reading adventure. Um, It can be kind of daunting even after you've read things like House of X or House of M or any of these things to know what to read to next. So let's get started and talk about one of my favorite titles of all time. X Force, um, the X Force that came after um, that came. To, I'm talking so well into the mic today. I'm I've, I've I know I've already flubbed up on like five words in the first like minute and a half of this episode, but I'm leaving them in and I'm pushing forward. And we're gonna talk about X Force, X Force Volume Six specifically is what came after Hoxbox. um This was uh, authored by Benjamin Percy and it debuted um, November in 2019. Um, now. X-Force has been around for a long time, hence that it is Volume 6. It was originally created by Rob Liefeld. Um, You probably recognize that name if you have read uh, Deadpool or Cable or anything like that. Um, X-Force was essentially introduced as a more militant form of the X-Men in 1991. It was led by Cable, the time-traveling metal arm man. Um, And uh, it also actually made an appearance in the feature film, Deadpool 2. It was kind of a joking version of X-Force, but they put it in there and I'm hoping that it'll come back in some capacity um, because the X-Force title has had a lot of awesome characters um including a lot of gay characters um but in this version of x-force it goes through a few different stories that i think you'll find interesting if you like some of these characters um first and foremost it does follow domino who you did see in deadpool 2 if you saw the film domino in this story um, she's captured by an anti-mutant organization and goes through some trauma, some horror, um, kind of has to deal with that. Um, quite an unlucky situation for a mutant whose ability is luck. Um, but it's still actually to this day still hasn't fully panned out, that whole story. I'm very curious to see the ending because it's actually only gotten better since they introduced it back in 2019. They've been kind of peeling away the layers of it over time and it's it's so good. They, you also get to... Uh, um get introduced to Black Tom Cassidy and his role um, on Krakoa. previously, he was a villain. He's one of the people that uh, you know, villain before, but now with the clean slate of of Krakoa, he's finding a new lease on life, which is great because he was always kind of hanging around with juggernaut and they were this fun little pseudo, you know, gay couple. But Black Tom now is the head of security at on Krakoa. Specifically, because of Black Tom Cassidy's ability to integrate and control uh, vegetation, fauna, um, or no, flora. I always forget which one's flora and fauna. Um, the flora, he directly uh, you know, connects with Krakoa and you know, in a symbiotic way utilizes Krakoa. He calls it the green whenever he is uh, you know, like in sync with the, the earth and the grass and the trees and everything like that. You get to learn a lot about him. He's a fun character. Benjamin takes a lot of uh, artistic leave with him and it's great Um, we also get to see this kind of partnership between Beast and Sage as they run X-Force as a sort of like um, uh, uh, you know under the books black ops organization so they kind of serve as both the official and the unofficial mutant response when they need a mission completed anyways x-force is great it's very mission oriented uh it's it's got a lot of uh, action it's got a lot of heart um and if you are interested in that sort of a story might I interest you to check it out um, the other book that came out uh, around that time was a title called fallen angels now fallen angels is going to be uh, a rare occurrence in this podcast it is one of the only titles f- after Hoxpox for Don of x that I didn't read um, and I actually wasn't uh, you know punished for not reading it because as much as it tried to carve itself a place in the uh, roster of Dawn of X, it unfortunately only got to six issues um, because the writer, they announced they were going to be busy um, writing for some TV projects and had originally put the, the comic on hiatus. But unfortunately, that hiatus resulted in an uh, ultimately a cancellation of the series. It did not go beyond the six issues and actually fell short Two ish, two issues short of the length of the original run of Fallen Angels, um, which is actually an original comic that was a spinoff of New Mutants. We talked about New Mutants in the last, uh, the part one of this Dawn of X recap. Um, this one, Fallen Angels, Volume Two, by Brian Edward Hill. It debuted also November of twenty nineteen, and it starred characters like Psylocke and X twenty three, Wolverine's um, young clone, um, and Cable, young Cable specifically, young Cable. Um, And I did not check it out because I, it's just one of the ones that I just didn't, I wasn't drawn to for some reason or other. Um, And uh, I guess if you, this is the one that I would be like, if you miss it, it's fine. You can miss this one. It's okay. Um, But the one I would say don't miss is Young Cable, the his book titled Cable. This is Cable Volume 4. Um, This was released not till March of 2020, so it was months after the Dawn of X started. It was a later uh, inclusion into it, and it followed um, through the penmanship of of Gary Duggan, who is one of my all-time favorite authors, fantastic writer, um, has written a lot of X-Men and a lot of Dawn of X, um, and he takes us through the story of Young Cable. So Young Cable, I know I keep saying that, and you're like, what do you mean Young Cable? Well, he is the son of Scott and Gene. That came back in time to fix the original X-Men who had been displaced in time. I'll try to recap that a little bit better. In all-new X-Men, years ago, Beast was upset at Cyclops. In order to show Cyclops that he'd lost his way so much, Beast did a big no-no and brought the original five X-Men, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Angel, Iceman, Beast, from the past into the present, um, which is a no-no. You shouldn't do that with time travel. Well, they got stuck in the present beast couldn't send them back no matter what they did they couldn't get time travel to work for them again and so they were stuck here for a while and there's a lot of stories about that and I, i'm sure someday i will uh, convince somebody of one of my friends to read all new x-men with me because it's really interesting um but that's the backstory so this young cable he came uh forward in time um or back in time no because cable's in the future even though he's young it's in the future sorry time travel is wonky He comes back in time to fix that displaced issue. And through a fight that he had with his old self, who was in the present, he killed himself. He killed his old self. Um, That's just the backstory of young Cable. That's not part of this Cable Volume 4, but I figure that's a little bit of prerequisite you should know because you'd be like, who is this little twink-looking version of Cable? Um, And why is he dating one or all of the Stepford Cuckoos? The Stepford Cuckoos are these... um, Y- younger sort of clones of Emma Frost. Um, they're kind of this hive mind. So while he is dating one, he's kind of dating them all as well, I believe. It's complicated. Um, but they are on a hunt for missing mutant babies. There's there actually an, uh, an orphanage on Krakoa um, for mutant babies that have been displaced from their maybe like human parents who didn't want them or were in danger for some reason. Uh, but someone stole some of these babies. And so Cable, Young Cable and uh, the Cuckoos go on a hunt. Um, it also follows Young Cable finally meeting with Deadpool. Cable and Deadpool have always had a very strong relationship, or for a very long time, they've had a strong relationship with each other. And so with old Cable having been dispatched previously before Hawksbox, um, this was in Cable 4 where they saw what happened when Deadpool meets young Cable. And um, it, overall, the, the Cable Volume 4 was a finite amount of issues because um, they had a beginning and they had an end of where they wanted to end it. So it ended where it wanted to. And through that, it resolves... Everything that was left unresolved with old Cable, very satisfying. Great Cable story. Highly suggest you check it out if you like that character and want to know more about his kind of deep lore. Now, the next title I want to talk about is a little bit of a deep cut, but I'm I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna bolster you guys right now. Stay tuned right now. Stay stay. Pay attention. Give me your ears because. While this is going to be a title for a comic that you do not recognize, this is actually one of the best, if not like the most originally best titles they've released with Dawn of X. I'm talking about Hellions by Zeb Wells, and that was also released released in March of 2020. Um, Now, Hellions is a recognizable term in the X-Men world in that it was originally um, this kind of young team of mutants that were apprentices of the hellfire club and they were led by emma frost they were kind of the rival school to the new mutants um and they were f- it was originally full of a bunch of those like it was almost like the slytherin team of the x-men at the time and that was who it was filled with those students that were like that but this is a new take on hellions and zeb wells knocked it out of the park he took what this story is, what this title is, is that it was kind of like a ongoing, th- you know, therapy, ongoing therapy work for mutants that have only known pain and have had kind of a mixed up past. And this was like an opportunity for them to do like, almost like community service while also getting a little bit of some therapy. Anyways, the whole team is led by Mr. Sinister, which makes it all so messed up and hilarious. Um, Because this version of Mr. Sinister, they've been developing Kieran Gillen and then with the help of Zeb Wells have been developing a new version of kind of Mr. Sinister as you're able to do with these comic characters as they pass the hands to new authors where he's much more camp he's almost like he's very theatrical and melodramatic and silly and while he is a villain who does evil things he's kind of like one of those fun silly villains that you're kind of rooting for even though he's a a big old turd Um, anyways the team of the Hellions led by Mr. Sinister is actually comprised of empath, who is a young mutant that was originally part of the old school Hellions team. Um, Also havoc um, Alex Summers, who's Scott's brother Cyclops, who's got a very mixed up past as well. Alex is the Alex is the problem brother. Well, no, they have another brother who's even worse. He tried to take over the universe and kind of succeeded, but Alex has issues on earth of the two summer's brothers who have been around the longest and have been on earth the longest Alex has the issues. Um, I, I, Mr. Sinister leads the team and he is, um, if you don't know who he is, he's this evil geneticist mutant who's been around since like the Victorian ages. Um, also on the team are names of two mutants. that I'm positive you never heard of there's nanny and orphan maker. And they're kind of a pair. Nanny is this kind of insane, uh, mommy mutant who has got trapped in this cyborg armor egg suit? She looks like Humpty Dumpty mixed with Master Chief. Um, she's bonkers, but she is the maternal figure to Orphan Maker, who is this young mutant, full grown, like he's like got an adult body, but he's he's got the brain of a child, and he is a mutant with the power that we don't know how. But we're being told that if his power were unleashed and and not kept in check by this armor that Nanny made for him, it will end the world. So it's this fun little mystery of like, what's in there? Um, also on the team is Psylocke. No, it is not Betsy Braddock, the Psylocke that you're thinking of from the 90s. Um, this is Kanan. Um, what happened back in the 90s was that Betsy Braddock, white British woman, was s- swapped bodies with Kanan who is a Japanese assassin and then was stuck in that body until like, God, like a, like a year before this book released in the 20, in, in 2020, I almost said in the twenties, which it technically is that's weird. Um, And so this is there. They've been reversed back. Betsy's back in her white girl, British body, and she's doing stuff in Excalibur. We've already gone over that. This is Conan, who is, who is dealing with the repercussions of so many years being stuck in someone else's body. And, Um, Alongside her is Gray Crow, who was originally titled a very problematic title for a mutant. Now, we've talked about this before in previous episodes. The x-men and comics in general are a sign of the times that they were written in and sometimes some of those things don't age very well but then we get to eras where they rectify it and change him his name was originally scalp hunter and he is a native american mutant and so you can see where that's like just kind of stereotypically charged titling um but uh he goes by kind of a almost like a madonna level name where he's gray crow i believe gray crow is his last name if i'm not mistaken um and he goes by that which is great and he was originally part of the team called the marauders who were these kind of puppets of mr sinister that were dispatched as assassins and mercenaries for his misdeeds um but now he's on hellions and he's so interesting um him his growth and his like Mm, self improvement and self help is a great story. Uh, alongside him was another mutant called Wild Child, who is the best way to describe it is kind of like a baby saber tooth look alike from, you know, Weapon X in Canada. There's a lot of there's a lot of weird Canadians in the X Men who are all feral and hairy and have claws and and are like little dog cat men. Anyways, Wild Child's one of them. Cool little character. Hellions. It's campy, it's silly, it's fun. It's got a little bit of that Suicide Squad kind of vibe, a little bit of the boys. Um, if you are going to pick up a title other than the X-Men you know, title itself from Dawn of X, you're going to want to check out Hellions. Uh, a lot of people passed it up and then had to find out afterwards that it was fantastic. Um, a m- more common title that was released with Dawn of X that I'll talk about next was this comic called X-Factor. Um, X Factor volume four by Leah Williams. And that was not released until July of 2020. And it was released with an interesting concept. Um, originally X Factor is an old title from it's, it was actually the original X-Men who were not serving as part of the X-Men team. So Scott and G and that kind of thing. And they were working as this other title team X Factor against what at the time looked to be an outlaw group of the X-Men that were led by Magneto long story short they figured out what was going on and instead the x factor actually eventually turned into this government sponsored team that starred people like uh havoc and polaris um but this version has a has such a cool concept so if you're on krakoa and we're in the era where now they are able to resurrect any mutant who dies you have a problem there you need to make sure someone is dead for sure before you resurrect them or else you are essentially just creating a paradoxical issue with a clone and a not dead mutant so they create a team who is so, whose sole responsibility is to investigate missing mutants before their resurrection can occur like this uh, detective agency which X Factor is also in other volumes I think volume 3 or volume 2 was serving as that um, and so this team is charged with you know, finding missing mutants or confirming their deaths so that they can actually get in queue for resurrection. Uh, this team is led by Northstar, who is uh, named Jean-Paul Bobert. Um, and he is, uh, he was originally a member of Alpha Flight. Um, he is this Canadian uh, speedster, flamboyant, not flamboyant, but like big personality uh, gay mutant and he's uh, he was uh, he's the team leader for X-Factor um, and then alongside him we do have Polaris who's in this um, who's one of my favorite X-Men characters ever just a great uh, femme character an X-Factor alumna who can control metal and is now um, uh, the daughter of Magneto they finally figured that out it was always rumors for a long time or late back in the 90s and then they confirmed it uh, uh, like in the aughts at some point so she is the daughter of Magneto Um, Daddy and daughter both can just do whatever they want with metal. It's fantastic. Also on the team is a mutant called Prestige, um, which is a name they were trying to make work with Rachel Summers, who was originally called, she's been called a few names, um, Rachel Summers or Phoenix. Um, She's this mutant from a dystopian future, um, and I believe she is the son of Scott and Jean Grey from this dystopian timeline. That was an alternate timeline anyways she's this great telekinetic and telepathic mutant who uh serves so much is, is so helpful on the team she's very powerful she's got a lot of heart um also on the team is uh daken um, also goes by his name akihiro um, and he is wolverine's son a little bit of some nepo babies on this team i'm realizing you got polaris daughter of magneto prestige daughter of scott and Jean, and daken Um, who is Wolverine's estranged son who is now back in the fold and doing good things. Um, He has almost exact powers as his father, although he has two claws on the top of his hand, kind of like X-23, but also has a claw that comes out of the bottom of his wrist. And so it kind of makes a triangle of claws when he has all three deployed in his hand. He also has a pheromonal... Control ability that they used to write in that like could fully control people, but I think they realized that's a little bit like problematic for someone to just hormonally control people. It feels a little nah, not so consenty. So they kind of re retconned it so that he just kind of can can nudge people a little bit. He can just kind of uh, influence the area, not full on control. Um, there's also another member of the team that. He's so good. He's so good. His name is Eyeboy. And if I'm gonna I'm gonna paint you a picture right now of Eyeboy. Now imagine a young high school boy with long blonde hair, um, just typical skinny little awkward teenager. Now put about a hundred eyeballs scattered all around on his dermis. So his hands, his chest, his face, his neck, his stomach, his feet, all covered in eyes now he was kind of a joke mutant that was introduced during new x-men i believe the grant morrison era they play uh, it's so great when again you hand these mutants over to new authors and they're like give me the ball i have a fun idea to do with this character they kind of explore secondary mutation with eye boy's abilities it's like well what is a guy with so many eyes able to do he's able to take in a lot of you know information and process a lot that's all around him but what if he also could just do a lot more with that sight? What if he could see on different spectrums like infrared um, or x-ray? What if he could see magic? You know, what if he could, you know, see long distances, extremely long distances. And so they play around with it and they kind of upgrade eye boy and he becomes kind of a fan favorite. I really like what they did with eye boy. Also on the team is Prodigy, who is a former young Avenger and part of and one of Xavier's, uh, the Xavier Institute students, that he can mimic other people's skills and knowledge. Um, so he's great for information gathering, for process information. He's a great uh, person to be on this team. That's an investigative team. Uh, and then the last person who rounded out was Aurora, who is um, uh, North Star's sister. I believe they're twins. Yeah, twin sister of North Star, with essentially the same powers. She kind of uh, explores a little bit of a relationship with Akihiro, um, Wolverine's son, and it's it it's it's a fun little dramatic dynamic. X Factor is just one of the ongoing best titles that X Men have ever put out. That's why it's you know on volume four. That's why it's 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 found its way into Dawn of X. And this is one that if you want a, a good little mystery story about you know detective work x factor is great for you um the only other title that was released for dawn of x um that i uh, was part of that whole package was the solo titled wolverine book um, this was also penned by benjamin percy benjamin percy who was also the x-force author for dawn of x um, it, this was released in february of 2020 and while i don't i haven't read everything from that title i figured i could still give you guys some backstory so you understand what's starting off with this title because a lot of people love wolverine it's a very popular character um so people probably will see this and be like well i'd like to read some more about this cool little canuck um what's going on in this story is that wolverine's actually been dead for years in like real world are like my you know our real world not comic years although I, I mean, he might have been dead for years the sliding time scale makes it hard to pinpoint anyways getting lost um he's what he died he died um and there was a big event in the comics um and then of course um this is even before krakowin resurrection wolverine was Uh, resurrected he was actually resurrected by a mutant that uh, normally is able to bring mutants back from the dead but they just are puppets that she controls Um, but thanks to wolverine's healing factor that is overwhelmingly powerful uh, when she brought him back from the dead his healing factor kicked in and he became his full self full control of his facets back to normal but he's been gone for a while. X-23 took up the Wolverine mantle, and he has actually no interest in taking it from her, um, which is weird when you have a bunch of different Wolverines running around. And so the Wolverine story that came out in February of 2020 it kind of explores that. You know, Wolverine's back. What's it like being back? Both back alive after having been gone for so long. What's it like being on Krakoa? Um, and uh, Benjamin Percy is fantastic at writing this the art for Wolverine was great is is great as well so if you want um, uh, another solo title like Cable to read Wolverine is the ticket for you now that's Dawn of X uh, to recap other than the ones we just talked about this, there was also X-Men volume 5 Marauders Excalibur volume 4 New Mutants volume 4 now I, I probably should like rank these as to which ones are essential Which ones are the best? But honestly, they're all essential in their own way. Maybe the most like only essential really is X Men Volume Five. If you really want, just I just want the core X Men story, so I can understand what's going on. X Men Volume Five would be great for that. But I would suggest you check out the rest of these titles as well. Just get have a taste for them. You know, a lot of them are on Marvel Unlimited. Um, On top of that, they also release these kind of serial solo issues called giant size X-Men giant size X-Men being the title of the original uh, single issue that was released and introduced us to Wolverine and Colossus and storm but these were they wanted to like well what are just these kind of like one-off stories that are too big for just a single issue but not big enough to split into enough issues to make its own title and so giant size X-Men's were great to check out they also introduced this yearly event called hellfire gala i've talked about this plenty of times but hellfire gala was this event where the x-men the mutants of krakoa were you know the krakoa no humans are allowed on the island but once a year they invite a cadre of delegates and representatives of the human race and the human superhero community and they invite them to krakoa to take part in their hospitality but also witness the greatness of the mutants because part of this establishment of krakoa is they went about this in a way that they were they it isn't just like this is our island we're on our own no this is our island we are now officially part of your governments we are part of the united nations and we are here to stay this is our land we are a great people Here's what we can do and I do not want to give away any spoilers of exactly what they did during the first hellfire gala, but it is amazing is genius storytelling. So the great thing about reading a lot of these titles um, that I've released that I've talked about is that they mesh together so you get a little bit of like a bonus the more of them you read because there's a little bit of crossover um some people go come and go in the titles and and move on to a different title um the x-men uh solo title no the x-men uh flagship title in itself is a great they introduced this concept where the x-men roster changes I think annually yeah annually and is actually voted by the real world community people like you and me where they allow us to they allow people to uh vote online for who was going to be on the team and then during the hellfire gala that was part of the gala it was them announcing who will be the next team of x-men so i think you can tell i love dawn of x i know you guys know i love House of X, Powers of Ten, um, And uh, I hope you can too if you check out some of these titles. And if you do, please at me somewhere on social media and let me know how you thought about them. Please let me know which ones you picked up. Please let me know which ones you were like, this was a bust. John, you got it wrong because I would love to know what I got wrong. Um, but talking about things that I've got right. The next few episodes that are going to be coming are going to be so good. I've got a bunch of really good guests lined up with some great titles picked. I've got Elise Willems. I got Bruce Green. I got uh, Jacob Fullerton. I've got Mikey Newman and James Willems and uh, just so many people that have reached, not reached out, but have uh, been so nice when I've reached out to them to join me. Um, And so... If you're here for the show i hope you subscribe i hope you hang around for some more of these titles if you want to let me know of some suggestions for some stories or guests you would love please join us on the discord the class of x discord Um, and I'm happy to read any messages you have there. Also, if you are part of the Patreon, um, I know that my class of X um, higher-level patrons are waiting on a video, and that will be coming soon, part of our X-Questions series. I'm excited to answer some of your questions. If you still like to get some in, there's still time, and I'll be releasing that very soon. Um, If you want to follow us on socials, I mostly just post memes and pictures from comics and have fun with that. So um, thanks once again for listening to this kind of recap episode about the Dawn of X and I look forward to seeing you next time. Be good, be kind, be brave. Bye.